Hey guys, my name is Josh and I serve as the Spiritual Formation Director here at ICON. Just want to say a quick thank you for tuning in to this little mini-series that we're going to be uh, releasing on Instagram. And I'm really excited about it, as you'll see for a few personal reasons. Uh, but really, in this uh, short intro, I just wanted to answer the question of why. Uh, why are we talking about mental health right now? Are, are we doing it just because it's a buzzword? Uh, and if anything is a buzzword right now, honestly, mental health is. That term gets thrown around in so many different ways haphazardly that it kind of loses some of its significance and meaning. But no, we're not doing it because it's a buzzword. We're not doing it just to simply go along with and talk about what the culture is talking about, but we're doing it for some significant reasons that you'll see. Uh, also, just as a caveat, we're not doing it because I'm a mental health expert. I'm not. I'm not a psychiatrist, I am a pastor. Uh, I, I'm not a medical professional, I am a pastor. Uh, and I myself, just at the start of the series, want to say that I have benefited so much from professional trained counselors and therapists and would recommend that to anyone who is in need. Uh, and so just want to say at the start that this is not a series in which uh, you can expect to find professional help. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to claim that or have you expect that. Um, but I do believe that, as you'll see, the God of the Bible actually does have some significant things to say and to help us in our journey towards wholeness. And so why? Why are we talking about mental health? Uh, really, three main reasons. And the first is contextual or sociological. Right now, I, I want you to think about what 2020 has really held for us? Do you really realize what you yourself have gone through in 2020? That all of us started off in January with the normal happy new year resolutions. It's going to be a new me. It's going to be a new year. This is the year that I'm finally going to get things under control. This is the year that I'm really going to take anxiety away from my life and move forward. And then COVID-19 happened. And then quarantine happened. And then economic crash happened. And then unrest and racial injustice continued to happen. And then political division and a, a, a terrible election on the horizon. Right now, 2020 has been a dumpster fire. It has done, it, we, all of us collectively as a society have been going through things together that is taking a very real toll on our mental and emotional health. And experts have seen this, the CDC has even said that uh, for age groups from 18 to 29, there are people who, uh, that at a 25% rate, one in four people are admitting to having very real suicidal thoughts. That one in four 18 to 29 year olds are, have seriously considered suicide in 2020. That is a massive uptick from what we normally see. And then also living in the city that we do here in Seattle. Seattle consistently tops uh, the, the major city numbers in terms of suicide rates. Right now, we are living in a ambient anxiety in which even going, never before have we had to uh, be afraid of going out and, be, and look at someone else and be suspicious of, are you going to get me sick? Am I going to get you sick? Am I going to have your blood on my hands? There is a ambient anxiety right now that is dominating us. And so the first reason is contextual. We need to talk about this because it is 
happening. And too often the church just kind of retreats into its own little corner and doesn't really talk about what the culture needs to hear, that we retreat into the traditional just, oh, well, uh, Jesus died for your sins. And that's the truth, obviously. We believe that, and we believe that has real significance for your life. But for many of us and for many of our neighbors, that the question of, uh, of mental health is what is dominating our minds. And we, we believe that the church must say something to this. And so the first reason is contextual. The second reason is personal. I myself have suffered from uh, mental health issues for years. Uh, when I was 13, I was, uh, because of some different things that happened in my life, I was diagnosed with what's called OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. And uh, a lot of people think about OCD as wanting to have pens and pencils straight on their desk. And uh, a lot of people say when they clean that, oh, I'm so OCD, which is really unhelpful, if I'm honest, because OCD is not the desire to just have things clean. Obsessive compulsive disorder is a haunting and nagging anxiety about some, something in the world, some chaos in the world that we think is going to happen unless I give myself to, to these compulsions. That I can actually keep anxiety and tragedy and chaos at bay if I would just keep doing this. If I would just keep, you know, if I could keep my compulsions in order, then I could actually. Uh, keep tragedy out of my life. And friends, it is a dominating, disorienting, exhausting thing to go through. And for 17 years now, this has been a part of my story. There's been seasons where it's been better. There's been seasons where I feel like I have some sense of uh, freedom from it. But then almost inevitably, every two or three years, out of nowhere, it comes back. And it comes back in a different form. And for me, Mental health is, is not a, it's not a theoretical topic. It's something that I have had to suffer through. It's something that I have had to work through and that honestly, my wife has had to work through along with me. You would not believe the things that she's, the lengths that she's gone to, to help me in that, but it's been haunting. And it's, it's, for me, it's, it's driven me to places of really deep darkness and, uh, in what, in ways that other people might call irrational, uh, but it's driven me to a lot of deep darkness. I remember one time that, uh, you know, probably eight years ago when I was working at Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, what a great job. I remember one time, this is just an example, I was, I was pulling out after I got off my shift and I was backing my car up and uh, there were some people probably about 30 or 40 feet behind me. And as I was backing up, for some reason, I got it into my head that I had hit one of them. Uh, and I and I drove off and I kept trying to think like, no, they they were far away. There's no way that I hit them. But in my mind, I, I kind of felt like, did I feel something with my car? Did I feel a little bump there? And, uh, and the whole way home, I was just haunted by the fact, what I thought was the fact that I might have just hit someone and driven away. Uh, and so I got home and told my wife and uh, eventually it got so haunting and so nagging that I had to go outside take a flashlight and search my car for any dents or any signs that I'd hit somebody. And even after that, it wasn't enough. I still had to, my wife had to drive me back up to Buffalo Wild Wings and show me where I parked and show me that there wasn't blood on the ground. And to many, that is irrational. That is, um, that doesn't make sense. But for me, as someone who suffers with obsessive compulsive disorder, 
it was my only relief. I have to know. I have to have some sense of uh, some I, some idea, some control to know. Like, no, I didn't just hit this person, but also it's still in my mind that I did, and it just runs me for a loop in ways that have uh, been really terrible, if I'm honest. Have created a lot of darkness and sorrow and depression, and everything that we're going to be talking about in this series of uh, anxiety, shame, depression, isolation, and addiction. All of those things have either been a fruit of my OCD or they have been a catalyst for it. And so I want to talk about this. I feel a burden to talk about this because this is something that has marked my soul for the last 17 years. But it it hasn't just marked my, my own soul and created darkness and sorrow. It's also given me the opportunity to see something about the God of the Bible that brings real relief. And that leads us to our third reason that we want to talk about this. And it's theological. That we believe as Christians that we are created in the image of God. That He knows us, that He formed us in our mother's wombs. He knows how our minds work. He knows how synapses work. He knows what regulation regulation and dysregulation is. And he's given us, like I said at the beginning, some very helpful tools through psychiatrists and counselors, but he's also revealed himself. He's also shown himself to be a certain type of God, a certain type of being toward us that is actually able to bring relief, that is actually able to give us some breathing room on this journey to wholeness. And I've seen that in my own story. The last 17 years are not by any means just marked by sorrow. They're also marked by joy. They're also marked by hope in a God who comes near to the brokenhearted, who comes near to those who are struggling, who, who you look through the Psalms and it shows that God is the one who's able to break the bars of iron and bronze, that he's able to get us out of places that feel unbelievably trapping that feel like we just can't get out, that he's able to get us out of our heads and back into the real world with hope. And so that's why, you know, the kind of tag on this series is Isaiah 26, which says that you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. That the God of the Bible, there are certain things about him and his actions and his dispositions toward his people, that when we fix our minds on those things, peace actually can come. That God is able to bring us the peace that we need. And yes, like I said, we want counselors and therapists, but honestly, I think right now in the church, there there can be a de-emphasization of how God is actually able to help us in the mental health realm that we've truncated and we've kind of outsourced this piece of us, this need uh, for us to get healthy again to people who are helpful, but in the end uh, are not God. We've truncated our journey to wholeness because we no longer look to the God who created us. We no longer look and believe about him things that would give us peace because it can feel like fantasy. It can feel like, can he really help me? It's easier to just go to this person who's 
uh, who, who's, who's right in front of me, who can, I can immediately have a conversation with and they can understand me and hear me. And I, wanna, I, I want to resist that thinking. I don't want to resist going to counseling, going to a trained professional, but I do want to resist the thinking that would say that the God who created us, the God of the Bible, is not able to help in this area. He is, friends. I've seen that for the last 17 years. That God has not left me out to dry. That God has not left me in the desert. But He has shown me things about Him that have lifted my soul back up again. That have given me hope and joy and peace in the midst of what felt like a daunting and unbeatable thing in my head. And so I want to share that. I want to walk through that together over these next five or six weeks. And I want you to see and to embrace the ways in which God is able to help us. And so right now, I just want to take some time to really slow down and see and, and take some time to pray. I would be a fool just to, to uh, introduce to you something that we're doing without actually asking for help from the God that we're going to be talking about. And so I want you to slow down. Like I said, you've had a terrible 2020 and I know right now you're on Instagram, but I want you to just, to just slow down with me and pray. Ask God to help. Ask God to reveal some things to you that might give you peace, that might further you along in this long journey towards wholeness. And so, Father, I pray for my friends here and ask God that, that you would unravel the ways in which we've been stuck in our heads, the ways in which we have been hurt, the ways in which we have walked in unhealth. I pray that you would unravel that before us, God, and that you would uh, show us something about yourself that is able to give real, valid, hearty peace into our lives. To get us along further in this journey. You see and you know and you care. And because you care, you are the God who acts. And so I pray that you would act on behalf of my friends here. And that you would give them peace. That there would be a word in this series that would get them through the rest of 2020. That would help them to process all that's gone on. And would help them along in this long-term journey, journey towards wholeness, God. And so, Father, I commit this series to you, Father, and ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit and in the grace of your Son, Jesus Christ, that you would bring some renewal to our minds, some renewal to our emotions, some regulation to our mental health, God. We trust you for it, and we know you're able, God. Would you give us peace, and would you show us yourself? In Jesus' name, amen.